Hey, everybody. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Petropolis podcast. We're back at Cat University with Terry Grow, my cat friend. <laughs> I think she's the only one that would be willing to do this episode with me. I've been, lo- I've been looking for a partner in crime to talk about hairballs. <laughs> <laughs> And I think it's a really important subject to cover because um, I don't think people realize what really causes it. These days, a lot of cat owners assume they can treat something topically or with a laxatone, you know, those gels with the oils in them and they're so gross. But I, I, I knew Terry would do this with me and I have been looking forward to speaking to someone who gets cats and loves cats as much as I do. And um, I got a cat expert. Hi, Terry. (laughs) Hello. Thanks for inviting me on this crazy topic. (laughs) So before I started recording, I was telling Terry, you know, this this got me interested. I I became interested in hairballs when my niece as a young and age three or four, I think it was started eating her hair and that's pica. Uh, and it's called Rapunzel syndrome in, in humans. And you know, all I know are animals, but I know about kids. So, um, <laughs> I started observing my cats and watching them yak it up and started <laughs> reading about this. So got all excited when, uh, Terry and I finally, agreed to do that. <laughs> Thanks for letting me get have laughing through all of this. <laughs> but it, you know, it's not a laughing matter. And that's the, the crazy thing. I mean, everybody makes fun of hairballs and stepping on the gooey things and, you know, waking up in the middle of the night, but they're a warning sign. They are. Yeah, they are. Let's talk about it. Hang on. There's sirens again in New York. Everyone, you know, <laughs> Every episode I do, these uh-huh. damn effing sirens, and I'm not going to sit in my closet. No. I like sunlight. Screw that. It's natural. Okay. I mean, it, you know, it happens. So who knows? I, once in a while, we have Air Force One fly over us. So I'm like, <laughs> all right, that's a lot nicer than New York, New York City uh, police. <laughs> okay. Hairballs. Hairballs. All right. It's a warning sign. You said, I mm-hmm. love that because yeah. that's real. It's a warning sign. Yeah. Um, when you say that, what do you mean? I think we need to, well, it, it depends on the amount of hairballs. I think that's um, what's really a discussion. And it's, it's interesting when I was going back and doing research, I had on one end of the spectrum veterinarians, one veterinarian saying, Oh, a couple of hairballs a month. That's normal. Where, on the other spectrum, one or two a year should really be pretty much the norm. So, you know, I, I think there's still a lot of lack of understanding of what's going on. And I also found, especially in the research data, when, like I told you, I had to do my homework for you on this one, because I, <laughs> I, <Thank> I, <you. laughs> I, uh, I thought it was really fascinating that there's a lot of things on how to cure them, but not really about the root of the cause and preventing them. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. And I so, knew I, w- I knew you would deliver here. 
this is why I get excited about talking to you. And this is how we can learn. Yeah. Yeah. So, so low quality diets. Yeah. I even found inappropriate diets, I think is the biggest one. In fact, I found a quote and I even emailed the veterinarian who quoted this. I'm going to respond to tell you this because you're going to love it. Um, but he hasn't responded and I hope, but it, his comment was possible that some commercial foods trigger digestive conditions. Hmm. So if we start looking at, and I also, I took it upon myself to, uh, to reach out to one of the raw food feeding groups to cats and said to them, when you got off particularly dry food and went through raw feed dying, Mm-hmm. Or, or raw foods, did you see a change in hairballs? And every one of them came back to me, said they saw it either resolve completely or greatly diminished. So I yeah. think that's some anecdotal, it's certainly not clinical, but anecdotal information to say, uh, we really need to look at what our cats are eating, which you and I talked about over and over again. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I find low quality diets means more waste products, right? More waste, Mm -hmm. more waste output. And a lot of times that waste output also goes through the skin, hence affecting the coat. Yes. Yeah. And when you have nourishment of the fur. Exactly. And when you have oily hair, oily skin, that's essentially a dust mop. And it's collecting everything as this animal is walking through the house and then they lick that and they're ingesting it that has to come back out somehow either through feces or they vomit it up they i last time i think one of my cats plopped a hairball out maybe even about six seven months ago they rarely have hairballs and and the other factor is grooming your pets Mm -hmm. we forget that we forget yeah. that yeah, they got to get brushed and combed. I mean, they don't have to be long-haired, you know. No, and I'm guilty of it. I have short hair, Orientals, and I watch them groom each other. But it's been a while since I've used a brush on them too, or even one of the the zooming brooms, you know, to try to to pull out that debris of hair. So they're a combination of things. But I think it it does come down to more of a, what you're feeding to make an unhealthy coat, but also then you behavioral issues need to be approached. You know, one of the comments is compulsive licking. Well, why is the cat compulsively licking itself? Or, you know, encouraging people to shave the bellies of the cat because that reduces it. Well, the cat's licking its belly for a reason. I'll tell you, in the years that I've been, many years I've been doing this, Cats that are compulsive lickers tend to have urinary problems. Uh-huh. I, I yes. It's a stress. I think it's a stress reliever mm-hmm. for, it is a way for, we see dogs chew their feet. If it's not a food out, they actually chew their feet. Mm-hmm. I think, I agree with you. I think there is um, definitely a health component with the behavior issue that's going on. Yeah. Really. And we're not digging deep enough. We just think, uh eh. Yeah. Three or four times a month? Is that right. what the vet said? What? Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, he said well, even once or twice a month. And even that I don't think is appropriate. I, you know, I, I remember when I talked to some clients, I said to him, well, if your child vomits several times a month, what do you do? 
Exactly. Thank you for saying that. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. Um, so what do we do? I mean, I, I, I have clients and you, you had your store pet sage clients would come in and look for something, um, the gels, because that's all they saw online uh -huh. or they would want something topical or a vitamin, a pill. Right. <laughs> As opposed oh. to a diet change. <laughs> Well, that was that was actually another quote I wanted to share with you. This is one of the major three manufacturer talks about hairball foods mm -hmm. and what they add to hairball foods. And I thought it was really fascinating that they talk about hairball kibble, uh, lots of fiber to take um, for the digestive tract. And I'm sorry, can I just jump in there? Lots yeah, of fiber no. for the digestive tract for an obligate carnivore. Correct. So this, this, this is what there's and contains extra vitamins and minerals to keep the fur in good condition and reduce hair loss. Wait a minute. Why are we adding vitamins and minerals and fiber if we're not really giving that in the original diet species appropriate diet. So again, it's this whole concept of treating afterwards instead of saying, oh, wait a minute, let's really look at what the cat can digest and absorb the best digestibility of the proteins that it's getting. That's going to make healthier fur. Yeah. Without having to add components that are mm -hmm. not part of what they would normally eat anyway. Yeah. And you know, I think there's some interesting discussion. A part of this has, and let's, you know, I'm opening this is once a cat's GI system has been, let's say, damaged, and there is a theory then that they could use some fiber help, but can, yeah, but more and more is not going to resolve the issue. We need to really step back and look at healing the gut if we can, or at least try to manage it more appropriately. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So our first step here would be to adjust the diet to a species appropriate diet. For you and I, species appropriate diet is a quality raw diet. Uh -huh. A lot of people prefer to not feed raw or they have fears or their vets have put up the skull and crossbones when it comes to raw food. Right. Which we don't need to get into here. We'll discuss it another time. Yeah, so yeah. If you choose to not do raw, a high meat content quality canned food mm -hmm. is the way to go. Absolutely. But, high meat content. Sorry? High meat content. Correct. That's, that's a <laughs> qualifying statement there. But also we have to be a little cautious of that and some of the research that I've been doing in a course, um, we're finding that, uh, let's go back to the GI tract. If the GI tract is not working properly, what's triggering that? So one of the things that we're looking at, is, even with all canned food diets, is thiamine may actually be deficient. Yep. Well, thiamine is a neurotransmitter to the intestinal tract and motility right one of them so it's a good argument for adding fresh foods as well but <laughs> um you know the, most manufacturers do try to compensate for that deficiency but there's still it's still an unopened answer of whether 
um, cats are getting enough as they need. So are we looking, back, going back to the whole concept, are the foods triggering what's going on? Yeah. I'm sorry, we keep going circles and coming back to, I warned you. No, no, it, it's true. It's true. But we have to simplify it also yes. for the listeners. Thymine yeah. B1, right? Yeah. It's a B vitamin. Yeah. Um, it, it, you find it in meats and legumes. So right. we don't give cats legumes. We give them meats. Give them meat treats. Go back to, I'm sorry? Give meat treats. Meat treats, absolutely. Freeze-dried yeah. meat treats where yeah. you can. Um, it's It's... And also, you know, a, a B, vi B vitamin supplement can be given as well. There are liquid B supplements, but mm -hmm. I'd rather the pet owners start with the appropriate diet. And yeah, right. some of those canned foods are lacking in nutrients. Yes. As well. Yeah, absolutely. But, but yes, I still think you're so far ahead of the game with a really good quality, high meat protein canned food diet. You cannot really go wrong with that no no yeah. and unfortunately a lot of pet owners react immediately if there is if something does happen if there is a problem they immediately blame the food if they've recently changed foods or foods correct. have been modified to correct one situation they jump and say it was the food i'm going to go back right so there is a thought pattern that we need to work on we have to think about all the layers here okay and that food the food change could have triggered the reaction because your animal was lacking mm -hmm. so what else do we need to do to clear the space so they can get better oh boy um i'm just saying you know the b vitamins <laughs> Yeah, uh, no, 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 no. crappy foods. Yeah. And absorption is a factor as well. Right? Absolutely. You know, do we add digestive enzymes and things like that to help break the foods down to even try to um, help with digestibility as well? Mm -hmm. um, one of the more interesting that I was, I'm a, I'm a big fan of frequent feeding my cats, you know, okay. four, six, eight times a day but they are not grazers. So the food isn't sitting out there all the time, but they're in time. So one of the interesting um, recommendations that I was reading is doing more of a timed schedule so that it allows the stomach to empty properly. Right. And then move on to the next meal. Um, so I think that's an interesting concept to really look at um, as well as helping you with your schedule. So many people, you know, they worry about why does my cat wake me up so early going, you know, <laughs> things you can do to bed at night, really kind of looking at a schedule that's to both of your benefits might be a really nice step. So you're looking here at more environmental, more behavioral shifts, as well as um, adding that on top of the layer of, of the diet. Absolutely. You're right about that. You're right about that, but not grazing, not leaving Correct. a dry food, which is not a species appropriate diet out for your cat to graze on all day. That actually, that actually, what that does, it causes more malabsorption uh -huh. than we, I mean, it's something I, I haven't thought about for a while, but when they're grazing, especially on a food that is not species appropriate on kibble, Mm -hmm. they're really not absorbing anything. It's just filling 
the gut. Yeah. And especially we know that diets that are higher in carbohydrates, cats will continue eating to get to the protein level that they need. So you're adding obesity to that pattern then on top of it, if you're letting food sit out and graze. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Here. We're going all over the place. Okay, takeaways, takeaways from that. Okay. Uh, switch to a high quality, high meat diet. If you can include raw food, fabulous, or at least some quality cooked meats mm -hmm. in your refrigerator from mm -hmm. the table. Um, can I stop, add something here a little bit. When we talk about raw food diets, I, I want people to also understand that there is a spectrum. You know, it, I remember chatting with a number of people over the years oh, I, I don't have time to make raw food diet. There's some great commercial options out there now. Mm. There's, you know, we talked about freeze-dried the one time. Can you use freeze-dried and rehydrate it? It makes it a little more palatable for cats. You know, you've, other, you've got processes that try to reduce the pathogen risk. So the veterinarians, I think, need to also understand a little bit more about the safety protocols and a lot of the raw foods out there. I, I know that this stamp of, oh, raw is dangerous. But we also know that there's some fantastic benefits to fresh uncooked foods, reducing inflammation, reducing um, insulin resistance. So, so those are things that, let's kind of weigh both of those to say, go into it with raw food. There's some really nice options to look at and don't just step away being afraid of raw food. So, Fabulous. sorry. No, no apologies. Please keep going. You hit every mark when it comes to raw food on the, uh, for cats. Uh, yeah. well, I would say for you know, you know there's. Animals. I find it the most amazing thing. One of the things that I talk about with a number of my cat clients is using meat completers. People have never heard of them. Mm -hmm. Yep. And their eyes light up, and they say, "Oh my gosh, I can make my cat's food," and it's absolutely. So, you know, to really understand canned food and cribble isn't the only choice for our cat owners. You have a huge range of food options. And my big thing that I always come back to people, they say, I've tried every food. There's at least 8,000 types of pet foods. I know. I think you have. <laughs> I know, I know. But if you walk into, well, I'm doing a segment about Petco being a health company. Oh, oh boy. Can I listen in on that one? <laughs> Fly on the wall. Would you like to join us? Um, <laughs> please join us. I think it's, uh, we're recording this Sunday night. And um, what's interesting is if, if I, if I go into a Petco, they have what looks like a big selection, but it's a lot from the same brands. They have a lot of SKUs from the same brands. Uh -huh. And some brands I wouldn't touch. Right. I'm not going to go there. And we're going to go back to hairballs because this is relevant to hairballs. Uh -huh. Right. Uh, so they have some quality brands like Instinct uh -huh. that has a freeze-dried formulas at a store like Petco. Right. It is a little higher priced. It's actually, I sell it for less in my store than they do at a Petco for a small retailer. That's really, it's very interesting how- it is. We have to be more competitive than them, but people make the assumption that they're, they are more uh -huh. competitive. So you can go into a Petco and try the 
uh, high pressure pasteurized uh-huh. frozen diets or the freeze dried diets and add some, make sure you reconstitute it. Please reconstitute the freeze dried or you or sprinkle it on top of the canned foods as a starter. So there is some moisture, but the, they are coming off as the pet health store and a health company, but the brands they carry are of really lower quality. <laughs> they they market really well, but are they really there for the well-being of the cat and the dog? That's a question that we're going to jump into. Oh boy! Okay. In an upcoming episode, in, a, in another okay. episode. <laughs> right. Right. Yes, it is daunting for someone to walk into any pet store and see the rows and rows of cans. Um, Where do you start? What do you know? And then you get stuck on, as a as a pet owner, I know they go right for the thing that has worked and the cat has eaten over and over and over again. Right. They don't go outside of that space and then when there's hairballs they look at like for a formula they look for a formula that says hairball control correct or they add a supplement like the lactitones or whatever the gels uh-huh. so and we're giving these oily gunky stuff along with a high fiber diet that takes the animal away for what from what is natural to their species. Right. I think we're looking at, um, and forgive me, I just, I had the train of thought of everybody is ingrained, our own health, a quick fix. Yeah. I have this health issue. I want this medication to fix it. I want, so it's, it's, it's based on the same principle. I, my cat has hairballs, therefore I have a hairball remedy to fix it. Instead of really understanding the underlying issues that those hairballs might be some really critical information that you need um, yep. to talk with your veterinarian and say, wait a minute, why is my cat, I, yeah, right, I've noticed my cat licking himself more or um, my the other, you know, one of the biggest ones I hear a lot of is cat that's grooming the other cat like is developing the hairballs mm-hmm. um those sort of issues so yeah. coming back to the foods I, I it's just really about learning more of what the cat needs so that they have a little better understanding of what to read on that label i heard something yesterday i walked in one of the local pet stores here um to pick up some treats for my and some backup canned food. And what I was chatting with the owner and she was shit, did you see this new X brand bag? The, they've redone the, the company that bought them has redone the bags. She said, you know, it's really fascinating. People have walked over and picked up that bag and bought it just because of the packaging. Oh God. Yeah. Oh yeah. Nice. But the labeling is so incorrect and people go by what's on the pretty front front of the package. So, well, the, the guaranteed analysis really doesn't give us much information. No, no. So, and the ingredient list can be misleading for many people if they don't know how to understand that. So yes, the pet owner, somebody standing there trying, they're at a disadvantage. Yeah. 
They are. The pet owner is at a disadvantage. And that's why they need to listen to this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, they do. (laughs) Share it with your friends, guys. (laughs) (laughs) So what do we do about hairballs? You know, I I do think I do think the the gels or one of the things that I keep coming up is Vaseline can be used in emergencies emergencies i don't use them vitamin e oil instead fantastic don't use vaseline i know it it blocks i know that it blocks but you've got somebody freaking out in their home with a cat i you know it's the one thing like i have a cat behavior issue i go tell them to go get the vanilla out of your kitchen to mark your cat because he smells like the clinic that he just came home so try to prepare Mm-hmm. The, the homeowner. So how many do have vitamin E oil at home? And I agree with you. I think it's a much better option. About butter? Butter's great. I use butter. I mean, yeah. I, I rather, a lot of people have butter. Yep. Perfect. So use a little butter. I mean, it's still an oil-based product. A yep. lot of people take fish oils or have it in their pantry because they forget to take it. <laughs> if you have a, if you have a quality fish oil in your pantry, a couple of drops of that. Great. Health, right? I, I agree. Yeah, I agree 100% with I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> there are alternatives. <laughs> there are. And, you know, and the one fascinating thing is, and don't use coconut oil. Tell me why. It has been implicated in triggering hepatic lipidosis. So I think it's one of those things you know, most cats you probably won't have an issue with. And I know several holistic vets that I work with, they encourage to use it with cancer patients. But I've had enough odd little cases that the cat doesn't do well. It doesn't, is it a cat that has pancreatitis and they start giving it coconut oil and things really go out of control. So um, that's something that I do warn people about. It's great for dogs. I'm so glad you said that because I've seen the same thing. Have you really? Yeah. If a cat is prone and we don't know if the cat has some issues with Mm -hmm. potentially having pancreatitis, the coconut oil triggers it and they wind up at the emergency clinic. Right. Yeah. And And butter is the same you know, short chain or, or moderate chain. So why not use butter instead of the coconut oil? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And once or twice, mm-hmm. it shouldn't be consistent. Now, see, I'm a fan of using butter as we talked last time with your senior guys anyway, because it's a great fat source mm-hmm. and it's a, adds extra calories. You've got a senior kitty that's malnutrition, really losing some weight. We can add some really nice fat calories that the cat can use by using some unsalted butter yeah don't use margarine please <laughs> i don't i don't know if any how many people still use margarine i'm sorry i, don't know. I just have to say it yeah it's not the same <laughs> it's not, it's not. <laughs> just like coconut oil it was coconut oil a couple of years ago as you know was so incredibly popular and it was all over the internet use it for pets, use it for everything, use it to do swishing on your teeth or 
cover your body in it and you're going to lose 400 pounds. So there, it was just, yeah, your, your cat is going to look like a lion if you use it, but act like a baby. So anyway, uh, there's these empty promises that come with these fad and these fads that happen in the health industry. We have to be really cautious because there's no studies that are going along with it. And then we see the results of it in our small retail spaces, those of us who are aware, those of us who are working with the animals, not every retailer or not every, not every business does what we do. Right. So, um, you know, have an awareness and the information won't be put out there generally until, um, until too many animals are damaged by it. Correct. It, it, I think it goes across the board. Every, all the pet magazines, everybody talks about how we're humanizing our animals and how the human trends influence the Mm -hmm. pet food industry. It's humans versus cats. And we have to be very careful of that. Um, I remember years ago, um, a client came in to me how she was feeding her cat all kinds of superfoods to help her cat. And then turning around and saying, my cat has GI issues. (laughs) I'm sorry, I don't mean to laugh. No, she didn't understand the concept. So we worked with her on that. <laughs> I, I don't mean to laugh, but, but no. it's true because they want to do the best that they can. They do. Do. They think they are doing, if this is going to help me as my pet, as the pet owner, then clearly it must be good for my cat. And, yeah, and unfortunately, the industry will put it out there because it's just popping sales up. There's several supplement companies that are going purely online and pulling out of uh, the independent pet retail side. And they're going online only to sell online only. And really, yeah. And often I, and I wonder, hmm, are they doing this because their product sucks anyway? I mean, they're they're not even an ASC certified couple of these guys. So you wonder, is it because there is that it's like you know, when you first land in Vegas and you see all the lights where do I want to go first <laughs> <laughs> yeah. if you're a guy which strip joint do you want to know but yeah there's this all this stuff that can help the condition and there's yeah. all these promises and there's also a list of consumer uh, commentary about how amazing these products are, or we assume it's coming from pet owners. I, I recently got, I, I did a bad review about some ink that didn't print the color it claimed it was. <laughs> so the ink company got in touch with me and said, we'd like to give you $40 for you to give us a five-star review or delete the review. So I ignored that email because I spent 70 bucks on this ink, 40 bucks isn't going to cut it. First of all, don't buy my, you you want me to lie for you. Uh-huh. So the same thing happens with these product makers. That's yeah. their customer service. That's their product management. That's uh-huh. their quality control. And this is why we have to be very cautious with what we buy, who we buy it from, who the manufacturer is and understand what we're doing. And that goes along with food as well. Absolutely. And I think it's the same sort of protocols like you were just saying with food, you know, who makes it 
who formulated it, both in the supplements or foods? Where do they source the ingredients from? Um, all of those need to be, and, and we're too quick to trust those testimonials and not really understand who the company is behind those products. Um, that's, and it, it takes work as a consumer, as well as there's a lot of layers of covering traceability too. So I have to give the pet owners some, some slack on some of that as well. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I yeah. am grateful I have the knowledge I have and I'm, it breaks my heart that people don't mm -hmm. have this. Mm -hmm. I have a question for you. Yeah. Um, I'm seeing more and more some recommendations of, and I've not used it personally, is soaked chia seeds. Well, cats eat seeds. That's well, it'd, it'd be a, com a, a similar to, let's say, flaxseed to use it in, uh, let's say, with constipation or something like that. Have you ever used it? She, no, and I won't. Okay. No, and I won't. And, and there are a lot of dog foods now um, in the direct-to-consumer segment that use chia. It adds a lot of weight once it's it has water added yeah. to it and becomes gelatinous, it adds weight. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a fiber. Mm -hmm. I don't. No, I won't. I'd rather make sure the cats, when it comes to hairballs, are getting a diet that's appropriate for them, that they're properly groomed. Right. And along with that, uh, we don't go running to buy a topical conditioning agent for the coat, which will just make it worse because you're going to have to watch them. Right, right. And I don't know of many that I would feel comfortable the cat licking anyway. Um, That's a great point. Yeah, I, over the years, I never carried any, there was one many, many years ago and they went out of business. One of the things that I found and I encourage clients to use was um, green tea really helped detangle mats. A topical spray of green tea? Yep, yep. Okay. And clients said it as well as we've got kitties that might have accidents in the back end that it really helped clean that as well. So just something, green tea can be used a number of different ways, but something really simple. Great. Um, How would they do it? Just so I tell people just make it a double strength tea. Like you're going to use half the amount of water, steep it. Mm -hmm. If you've got a wound or scratch or something, you can use the tea bag as topical. Remember, this is anti-inflammatory and drying. So it's not one, like with cat ears, you're not going to want to eat, it would dry the ears out too much. But it's great for cleaning up, let's say, diarrhea around the rectum. Um, you just let it steep and cool and then put it in a little spray bottle or even just dip a gauze pad in it and, and wipe it. Fabulous. Can it be used around the face? Uh-huh. Sure. Yeah. Great. So if they have gunky eyes, gunk, gunk, you know, like I don't see why not. Yeah. Just take a, I would take like a, a gauze pad and dip it. So mm -hmm. it's a little wet and wipe the eyes, get all of the crust around the eyes. That's great. Enough. Okay. Yeah. Good. Green tea. <laughs> Double dose. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. So let's do, let, let's go through what yeah, we keep getting off track here. And <laughs> well, 
we're talking about hairballs. I, I know. I know. You wake up and you step into this mushy hot dog shaped thing. It's disgusting. Well, I, you know, something we haven't touched on is the presentation, you know, cats hacking and coughing and, and whether they're productive or not productive. Mm -hmm. And they can really be very dangerous. Um, and to take a warning of that, you know, I, I do remember over the years, all my cats coughing, 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 but nothing's coming up. That cat needs to be seen by the vet because we know that similar coughs can be asthma or even heart uh, congestive heart failure. Right. Those sort of things to, oh, it's just not a hairball. Don't assume it's a hairball. And that at times they will block the food and they need to be surgically removed. So um, hopefully we can back things up and prevent that. But they're not always as we've laughed about as a joking matter. Um, Absolutely. And, and yeah. that's why it's important to not let them graze because uh -huh. it, that's where most blockages tend to happen because they're grading, because they're grazing and they're not absorbing their food as fast. And I then there's that hairball. Right. I think they're also in, in learning this whole cycle of food. Are they also not emptying the stomach as much as they could be by grazing. So this yeah. concept of meals every, like planned meals or giving their GI tract a break allows that stomach to empty properly um, and then pass those nutrients on. Great information. So let's do a checklist of sure. things to look for, what not to do, and um, when it's time to go to the vet. Right. So I'm going to give it to you. Go for it. No, you've been taking the notes. I've been running my mouth. Um, You're the expert. <laughs> I ask questions. That's why I'm doing what I'm doing. I like, you know, I learn. Okay. First, what was the first one? Let's, let's start there. Um, diet. Diet. Absolutely. You know, if, if people, one thing they can take away is, to really learn what their cat needs to be eating. You know, and I know I've said this before, even if you look on the major schools and they talk about cats being an oblique carnivore and they turn around and recommend the inverse of that. Okay. <laughs> so again, understand what your cat um, really needs. High moisture, high meat proteins, um, organ meats, those all of the things that are gonna help not only with better digestion, healthier fur, so that the cat's not gonna turn around and feel like they keep having to groom because their fur is not as healthy. Okay. Whether it's dry fur, which is something we didn't do. I know you talked about greasy fur, but a lot of these kitties, especially longer hair, also end up with drier, that really downy sort of fur. That takes a lot of grooming. So that's, that's where the grooming comes in with you know, good combs, you know, something not just a brush to run over the top, something to really get down and get that fur. Um, I've seen some really nice combs over the earth, like mat removers and things like that, that just disappear off the market. So I don't know why, because some of the things that I've seen really remove the fur. I'm not a fan of the Furminator, sorry. Yeah, uh, I. I just felt that just ripped fur out versus pulling out the excess. Um, 
Yeah, and it doesn't bring the oils to the surface, which is where we want them, especially with the dry coats. Correct, correct. Lots of water, you know, we keep forgetting about this whole concept of water. So mm -hmm. both water and the moisture are in the canned foods or raw foods, or if you need to even add extra water in those foods that the cat's taking in more water, um, water bowls around the house, um, mm -hmm. different shapes. Remember, not the cute little tiny muzzle bowls or kitties, um, are afraid to drink from it. Um, nice, good water bowls that they feel comfortable sticking their face in. Wide enough to give their whiskers room so they mm -hmm. don't develop whisker fatigue. Correct, correct, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, um, can I jump in? And absolutely. Yeah, the uh, grooming is, you should get down to the skin when you're grooming. And one thing that I really love is a metal flea comb. Mm. really gets them for the short-haired cats. Yep. A good metal grooming comb that has narrow teeth for the long-haired and uh, for the short-haired cats, a nice metal flea comb really helps get, get down to Great. the core. Great advice. Great advice. Yeah. Um, and for the soup, for your cats, yeah, the ones that have practically no hair, <laughs> Curry brush is also great. The curry, yes. the, you know, the that that um, what is it? Is it? It's not plastic. Uh, what the hell is it? It's like a silicone or a rubberized sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. So that it, yeah. So that also, if you go in circular motion, that brings all the natural fat, uh, natural oils to the surface. You know, I used to recommend a human wooden brush that had the round ends. Mm hmm for that sort of circular motion to bring the, the oils as well as cats love it as a massage. So that's yeah. a, another option too. So, um, okay, great. And we can use a little bit of green tea to just wipe them down. Yep. Or there are yep. any kind of, but it is drying. So they, if, if they have oily skin, you can wipe them down, but if uh -huh. they're dry, don't do oh, them. Yeah, yeah. But it's really good about, if you've got little lesions, you can actually use it to help with that. Um, but, and great, like you say, right now with all the pollen, wiping them down with something along that line might be nice as well. Even that, you know, think about the, like you said earlier, as dust magnets, what's the dust in the household? Mm -hmm. What's the pollen? I mean, I'm looking here right now at my window and our cars are yellow because of all of the pollen. Think about your kitties having to ingest that as well. They're licking to clean their fur. They're probably going to, this is shedding season as well. They're probably taking in more so that they're going to be um, having more hair to mm -hmm. have to, to process. So, And let's go back to the output when they are yakking up a hairball. Mm -hmm. If there is difficulty, if you can do a quick overview of what the concerns should be and when it's time to get them to the vet. Now, if it's a, it's if it's non-productive, if the hairball doesn't come up, um, and I'm talking, I don't know, a day or two. I mean, if you've really got a kitty that's struggling and coughing, I, I think it needs to be seen fairly quickly, no question, um, because it could be asthma, could be congestive heart issues that are developing. Um, as well as, especially if you change food, is there a food intolerance thing that's starting as well? So we've got several things that, oh, it's just a hairball. 
Mm -hmm. Not so much the thing you want to be careful of. Okay, great. And then what to give them to help them with the process? You, you're giving them good foods or you're just starting on this journey with the kitties and you're transitioning them to better diets or you have a new cat who's had a rough life. Mm -hmm. uh, what to give them and what not to give them as far as supplements go. Um, let's, let's, yeah, don't give Vaseline. <laughs> <laughs> I love the idea of butter, like you said, vitamin E oil. You know, every, like you're right, everybody's got vitamin E capsules at home, most likely. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's going to be a nice option. Um, <clears throat> vitamin B complex, you know, that's the hardest thing for me of trying to find one that I'd like to recommend for kitties because I do think vitamin Bs can be very beneficial. Um, there's just not a lot of brands that I feel comfortable recommending. There are two brands I really like. Okay. Uh, RX Vitamins, Amino yes. B-Flex. I'm sorry, you are absolutely correct. That is a great mm -hmm. option. Yeah, and it's in liquid form. It mm -hmm. can be given with food or just squirted into the side of their mouth. And Thorn, Thorn makes a fabulous, they have a chewable canine B-complex mm -hmm. and they have uh, the capsules, the, the or, or you can get the human one and you have to give a very small amount. But right. Thorne has an animal formula as well, which I love and recommend to my clients, especially kitties that are midlife, who have been fed poorly and need some help, and they're transitioning to better diets because they've met me. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm also going to stick something in here. I think herbs probably have a place in in this mm -hmm. option of yes helping. Um, more efficiency of what's going on, do, you know, springtime, liver time, do we need to be looking at herbal therapies that will help the liver at this time, help address um, any sort of stomach acids or bile that's going on that might be causing some complications as well. So I think some liver formulas would be really good to look at um, spring and fall. Um, uh, fish oils we talked about. Mm -hmm fish oils we got right yeah. good fatty acid how about and and don't do coconut oil correct right yep because you've seen the hepatic lipidosis with that happening so have i what about there's this product um i just realized we're probably going to get in a little bit of trouble because there is a line of products of cat hairball remedies that use coconut so what are we getting in trouble for <laughs> Yeah. Did they do their research or is it, are they a company that makes coconut products and they came out with a cat line? Doesn't right. mean that right. they're it's on the something right. to be aware of. Is yeah. What, yeah. And yeah. if your cat is prone to pancreatitis or has liver disorders or is in early kidney. Absolutely. Failure, I would stay away from be Really careful. Mm -hmm. So no, I don't give a shit. <laughs> making what? And there's, there's a company that has coconut flakes. Uh -huh. That I found works very differently than coconut oil. Really? Yeah. The coconut flakes, just a little bit on top of the food will help, but good, healthy cats. I right. haven't sold it to anyone with uh, cats that have any Right. So that's one. And then there's another product that I like, but I only recommend it when the animal's on a species appropriate diet because there is psyllium husk in there. Right. And there is slippery elm. Uh, that's best. It's really a palatable tablet. And you what can, is it? 
vet's best hairball oh, treatment. Yeah. Oh, oh, interesting. Right. Their hairball treatment is, and they have a digestive enzyme in there uh -huh. um, and marshmallow going back to the herbs. Right. So they're using a nice combination there. They use a nice combination, very low dose of all these products. And uh, it what? has a digestive enzyme and papaya enzyme. So we also have animal essentials, which you and I've mentioned before. They yeah. have their new hairball remedy, which does use um, mm -hmm. marshmallow and slippery elm, I think. Right, um, right. Yeah. yeah. So animal essentials as well, they have a nice product. So yeah. there are a couple of things out there that will help with digestion. And also hairballs have to do come out of the back end as well. You can right. see the litter box. Sometimes you'll see a long piece of... <laughs> piece of fur making an arrow pointing an arrow to the ceiling in right. your cat's litter box so uh then does that mean they're digesting this or they're processing it what does that mean terry i think what it, it means that there are motility is operating properly so that they're able to excrete this hair indigestible mm -hmm. hair they're able to excrete it properly okay um, so, and I, and I, going back to the products that you were mentioning, we're not just treating them to, to move them through, let's say with fiber, what you've mentioned is you're using digestive, there've been some studies that have done using digestive enzymes um, with oddly enough, sugar cane fiber. Um, and they did found that there was an improvement of passing when they added the digestive enzymes. You're adding herbs that have tacky, sticky sorts of texture, like marshmallow, to pull the fur to help move it, and the slippery elm to help move with the motility. So you're using things work together synergistically instead of just trying to plow that hair through the gut. Like Vaseline. Yeah. <laughs> You're not going to let me live that one down, are you? <laughs> it was funny. I can't, I, I was like, what the hell is she talking about? I have to admit. She's one of my goddesses. <laughs> She's one of my heroes. <laughs> I, I, I adore you. <laughs> I absolutely adore you. And uh, let's, uh, so we got food, we got the supplements, we got the grooming and uh talk about stress let's talk about the environment yay <laughs> well just something that i think a lot of kitties have stress issues and i think the grooming is a way for them to handle stress um i think we also have to look at nervous stomachs is part of all of this a lot i call it kitty swallowing stress so we end up with gastrointestinal disorders, you know, that are um, not allowing the digestive tract to work properly. So we have to really look at the whole picture of what the cat's going on. Um, are there changes in the household? All of a sudden they're seeing hairballs. Um, are there um, a new addition to the family? Even just plain old furniture being moved sometimes will stress a cat out. You know, um, I'm working with a client right now that, um, poor thing, the owner thought they were doing right. It's a dry food diet. It's about 45% carbohydrates. Um, I know. Sorry. 
and he was the first cat and now he has a, a, a another cat two little baby toddlers and another one on the way and she's wondering why this cat's stressing so can you, you know, get rid of the toddlers no i'm kidding <laughs> i know you are but we had to talk about ways to make the environment safer you know bolt holes for this kitty to be able to feel safe in his environment that has been invaded now by other cats and other little humans other two-legged yeah so, yes, um, and it's wonderful that the owners are reaching uh, and looking for help those absolutely. are absolutely and that that's wonderful so if, if you need help we're here to help you we can yeah. we can definitely guide you so, absolutely yeah. that's that is that was the very rewarding she said okay sign me up for everything i'm like okay let's do this one at a time <laughs> so <laughs> but yes i think stress needs to be looked at in everything with cats we do know now that a lot of times change in behavior is a health issue and a health issue will cause a change in behavior. So we need to look at those as, as part of this. Got it. Okay. Are we missing anything else? Are we missing anything? I don't know. I don't know. I have pages of notes here to go over. So um. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I made you do this, but no. <laughs> Good. I know when you said it, I thought, oh my gosh, when, when's the last time we really talk, talked about hairballs? It's rare. Mm -hmm. And veterinarians have to deal with it all the time. And as you and I talked about, there's not a lot of supporting research. It's kind of anecdotal. I saw this experience, that experience, and, and what I was looking through. You're right. Not Nothing that I have found either. And <sighs> Except for oh, we can use this fiber to help remove it or that combination of something else instead of, oh, and we add extra vitamins and minerals, why not just do it initially with the base food? So. What about kitty grass? We didn't talk about this. Cat grass. We I like cat grass. Mike, you know, I've been watching my cats. My yard is set up. My guides can go out um, and they've been chowing down on the grass and then it comes right back up because they're purging their, their stomach. Other times they pass it along. I think cats like the taste of grass. I think that's a thing that they enjoy, but I also believe they're using it to scour their digestive, their stomach. I agree. And do you think it helps with cats that have hairballs? Is that something that there are so many uh, really good cat grass kits that you can grow yeah, in your room. Why not? Especially, yeah, I, I live in New York City yeah. in, in apartments. I, I, my cats have nowhere to go. They look out and they're like hoping to see a pigeon fly by. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, it's sad. I got to move out of the city. But I give them cat grass uh -huh. every week, fresh grass every week, and they go to town. Yep. You just have to be prepared for it to come back up. And that's what we try to explain to people. And some people are, don't want that and others do, but it, it is an issue that, yeah. but I do think it's worthwhile giving them. I do, I enjoy watching them chow it. <laughs> and a little, a little crap coming up is not the end of the world. And hopefully they'll get whatever hair is. It's interesting, one of my cats who loves the grass, she's a little dandelion. She's such a cutie. She um, named her after a, a weed. No, I'm kidding. But she... <laughs> hey, dandelions are fantastic. <laughs> I know. They make a great herb. I know. She's my great herb. But, 
uh, she loves eating the cat grass and once in a while I'll see a little hair in there. And I say, oh my God, I didn't brush you this week. And it triggers me to go brush her. <laughs> so for me, that's good when yeah. they're not bringing up any hair, but any hair balls, you know, that big log, gross log um, with the brown gunk in it. So this was great. It was informative. I think we got a lot of the, you know, we didn't get into what it's called medically, just baseline for the listeners to understand. No, I, you know, I, I don't, I have to, I'm just not going to step my foot in that because I can't, I think that takes the medical profession to really look at, you know, it's, you know, one of the things that we're talking about in some of the papers is when they throw up undigested food, what does that mean? Or how quickly they throw it up. Yeah. If your cat's throwing up repeatedly, get them to the vet. <laughs> exactly. Please. Yeah. It's beyond a hairball. There uh -huh. are so many factors that can lead them to throwing up. In this episode, we wanted to hit on the hairballs so we could yep. help you not have your cats yakking it up right at the side of the bed. Oh. You need help with choosing foods and getting guidance in what to do and what not to do because it is so confusing. You can reach out to Terry at terrygrow.com or reach out to me at thepetropolist.com and uh, schedule some sessions with us and we can help you. I would enjoy that. I always like to learn from clients. Hey, yeah, I'm with you on that. So Terry, thank you so much for doing this today. I really appreciate it. You're very welcome as always. Thanks, Tess. Thank you.